You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. You can never go wrong with breakfast food like three Mm. times a day. How are you? Hello. Where'd you go? Oh, wow. Provo, Utah. Oh, it was right by Salt Lake. Brigham Young. Was the mission trip, is that part of being a Mormon? Or that was something it's else. It's not a trip. So you're there for a year and a half and you pay for it. Men were pretty much expected to go at age 19. Then, I think the rule, they've changed. Women were not expected to go. They were more like, get married, kids. But if you were 21 and not married. And you got married after college. The last year. I was pregnant when I was graduating. What year was that? 92. And I met dawn after my mission and you got pregnant right away a pretty much honeymoon yep we got married december 18th and then she was born november 30th were your kids like bam 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 so how old yeah. are they now my youngest will be 22 my oldest 30 Gosh. and you have two daughters three sons four daughters one son oh. he's in the middle i was 24 when i had my first so it's not like i was young young but i was grateful i was that age because i could keep up with them right and you were I married know. for 10 years? 18. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and when did you get your master's? When In she was kids? one. After you had all your kids? Yes. So she was one. And I felt called to go back and do that craziness. I have a lot of cool God stories about that. So I was 30-ish. And I still want to get my PhD. <clears throat> that will happen by age 60. So I'm... Before. <laughs> I'm, on a, I'm on a timeline. You. Don't ask you, in what. Were you no staying clue. at home the whole time until you had your last baby? Yes, but I did things on the side always to help. But yep, we made a choice. We didn't have cell phones or fancy cars or fancy vacations. And I taught them all to read at age three in Spanish, then English. I was big into education of my kids. Like the gap between your divorce and meeting Jamie. How long was that? A couple years, two years, three years. So it wasn't that long. Mm-mm. A lot happened. It felt like a long time. When did you get to him the first time? So met him when we were married in 2015. And then again in 2021? Correct. But 2021, we were married with God. That didn't happen the first time. There was yeah. no God with you the first time? Nope. We just went to the courthouse with some witnesses. And there was always a plan, at least in my head, to do that. There was always an obstacle. That was definitely, we're doing this again. That's what's going to be done. <laughs> so. And you've been in Columbiana since March? First. Seems a lot longer than that. Right? It's crazy. So you were born and raised in the Mormon mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. with a Mormon family? Very active. Extremely. Like overachiever Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Mormon is what they call that. <laughs> oh, really? And you're yeah. one of how many kids? Nine. What order? The eldest. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. So you were like a mother twice. Yeah. <laughs> Two careers of motherhood. Yep. yep. <laughs> How far are you it. from the youngest? Uh, Kendra is actually younger than all my children. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad remarried. Okay. So 30-something, 33 years. So Kendra's younger than Yeah, my kids grew up with the aunt that was younger than them yeah my dad and i raised two kids about the same ages so oh. did you and dawn stay in utah 
the whole time? No, no, no. Where, Don and where did I, you we, guys go oh, after yeah, school? So we were in Virginia for a couple of years, in Spain for a year, Alabama, then Northern California. We were there for seven years, and then we moved to Wisconsin, which my kids, like the last 10 years, were raised there, most of them. I had no desire to stay in Utah. The biggest chunks yet were in Northern Cal and in Wisconsin. Yep, but he went to school. He got a Fulbright grant. That's why we lived in Spain for a year. He was writing his dissertation there. And Did you give her the scoop? Oh, no. I lost my coffee cup. So, <laughs> so you were uh, spending your time. Was... Traumatized. <laughs> I was walking dollar, around. Dollar general. I was wandering around trying to find my coffee. promise of God, coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I can't lose this. I'll be back. <laughs> I blame Jeremy because he gave me this book, and so I had something in my hand. So I'm thinking, I have everything I need because I have this what is book it? in my hand. Oh, Actually, I didn't. I had left my coffee cup. My hand. <laughs> nope. Aww, and do you go by oh. Huskin or Jory? Jory's my legal name, Jory. but I'm fine with Huskin. I just haven't taken the hundreds of dollars and three or four days out of my life because I'm like, babe, I already did this once for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I will do it, but but I, I am not offended at all. If anyone calls me Gianna Huskin, I'm like, yes, I'm married to him and I'm happy to carry his family name. It's nothing like that. It's just pure laziness. My daughter-in-law hasn't changed her name it's yet. It's traumatic. You used to. It's a lot the of first work. time I got married, ninety-two, you put it on your thing, and it all happened for you, pretty much. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, holy Hannah, they put it's you through a lot. Intense. It's rigmarole. Uh huh. Should be like, it's I an investment of time and money. You go my way. <laughs> Jamie Jory. (laughs) It would work, wouldn't it? JJ, JJ. (laughs) But Jeremy was saying he wanted us to read this book. He said to pass it on to Chris. He was saying that he had listened to Jamie's podcast, really enjoyed it, but he was just like, this is what they're doing. Yeah. This is what Jamie was talking about in the podcast where they have their block party. This is the art of neighboring. This is reaching out just to the people who live around you. It's awesome. Janet and Jamie have got it. They get it. (laughs) No, we'd love to read it. Or you're reading you're it, and then we'll get it. There's always more to learn. You know that. No, we like to read. We're nerds. That's called a learner. It is. That's I, I found out that was one of my strength finders. Yep. Learner. And yep. I thought, oh, I'm not a nerd. I'm a learner. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's important that I you'll get bored. You'll get. You have to constantly in your jobs. You have to know that in your relationships. I have to be around. Yeah, stimulation. I'm like little adult onset ADHD maybe. Mm. <laughs> we need a support group. <laughs> no grandkids yet? August. She's due. But on your side? No, no, I have several that are figuring out what they're doing. So I don't know. Yeah. I always told my mom, you will never get grandkids from me. And then I had kids. And all mine said when they were little, they wanted five, you know, Monica big families. But I, I gave my mom two, half her grandkids. <laughs> she has four kids. Six grandkids. How did that happen that I gave you half of them? My mom is 19. Because I had five, right? So nobody was touching that. Now my brother has five. And I have a sister with four and another one with three. And then one that doesn't have any. My brother. Actually, two brothers. But that's a lot. That's a lot. What they get for Christmas? Do like when Christmas. you have 19 grandkids, you everybody oh. gets like a. Yeah, I don't know. She's really so good with gifts. Them. I don't know how she does it, but she's she always sends them stuff. She's she's a doting grandmother. Three thanks day. for being on the show. Well, thanks. Today. Yeah, I was yeah, telling her I'm like this is not my favorite thing to do, but yes, because I like you too. <laughs> It'll be fun. I said we could just talk about Kate. I'd be fine with that or Beth. Oh, just you want to interview now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how many guys? How many have you done? What's the number two? 
a podcast. We're nearing 100 now, wow. right? We might be over it. Should have a really? podcast spanking Podcast what? What party. We might on. be over it. This month, maybe August. We see, did 52 see. the first season. Oh my god. And gosh. we're almost to the end of the second you season. You need to have a party. Who's next week? Do I have to bring a cake? It's coming up. We'll have a party. What kind of cake do you like? Ooh, um, Italian. Oh, like Italian cream? Wedding, wedding Italian? Oh, my I'll bring word. a cake. You want me to bring a cake? That's I'll bring too involved. Not, Pick oh, something you're else. Make one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want care. To go, hmm, no, my grandma's cake. chocolate cake. Actually, we don't have anybody scheduled next Thursday. Is it vodka? <laughs> Is it something? No alcohol. Oh, no, okay. she was Mormon. I thought like about that. Tissue. Right, right, right. <laughs> Is it espresso? Well, it's actually cinnamon. cinnamon. Which I don't like cinnamon in a lot of things, but it's like, and you boil. You boil the ingredients and you boil the frosting. Like okay. it's. We do a boiled frosting too. You're 96. Oh Let's get four more and have a party. I feel like that's a really. That's actually, a milestone. Hispanic type. Mm-hmm. What? Cake? Cinnamon, like putting cinnamon in dessert. She was very white. Like... But you know what? Great grandma. Who knows where it came from? They were from Texas. Okay. So there probably was that some influence there. Some... Okay. Are you ready? Did you tell her about the mistakes? I didn't tell her about the- anything. Okay. I lost my coffee. Welcome, Shine Podcast oh. listeners. It's Eliza. Would Katrina work? <laughs> it's Katrina. We are here with Jana Jory, a.k.a. Jana Huskin. Jana's husband, Jamie, was on our podcast on July 11th, 2022. If you haven't checked that out, it's a great listen. Do you have a J for a middle name? Jana Lynn. But we were Jana, Jason, Julian, Justin, Janae, Jory. Dad was Jim. Whoa. They did that. So when my mom would get mad, we're like, yeah, you did that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That is And all I like are G names, but my kids are like S's and K's and an L. Well, Jana, welcome to the Shine (laughs) Podcast. We're so happy to have you here tonight. Yeah, for sure. Jana was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. She was raised by a very Mormon a Molly Mormon, as she <laughs> calls it, family. They were very strong in the Mormon faith. She was the eldest of nine children. Her mom and dad had five children, and then her dad remarried and had four more. And she's the oldest. She left. You were in Seattle? Yeah. Shorecrest High School. Is there a Mormon population oh, in Seattle? Huge. Huge. Okay. Every weekend, I went to a different church for a dance. Down on Bainbridge, up and like, wow. You went <laughs> out to dance? Uh, you had to be 14 and you had to get your dance card. Oh, what is a dance What's card? What's a Mormon dance card you like? To have an Talk interview. To about that. <laughs> really? To make sure you're yeah. going to behave. Absolutely. Had to dress just right. Music, no swear word. Well, yeah. that's It was a very admirable. safe environment. It well, was. And we dancing, had fun. We had a blast. It was fast dancing. Yeah. But the slow dances, because they'd throw those in like every fifth. I was on the dance committee for years so yeah so every fourth or fifth song there was a slow song like and journey were, this is 80s remember <laughs> i graduated in 86 and yeah. you could touch at that point you could but okay. you, had, you had to be able to put a thick bible in between for you. book of mormon all right so between so chests aren't no, bodies no were not touching, touching. <laughs> no okay. that was frowned upon you would get tapped on the shoulder she oh left seattle washington <laughs> when amazing. she was 18 and went to utah and attended Brigham Young University, where she met her husband, Don. She was married before she graduated and pregnant with their first child. She got a degree in psychology from the university. Her and Don were married for 18 years. They had four daughters and one son. The son was in the middle. So your kids are now 
between the ages of 22 to 30. Yes. So you had five kids in eight years. Yeah, it was busy. Like Very the busy. 90s, I don't Stop. remember. People will be like, don't you remember this movie or this musical group or something? Like, no, I don't even think I got a shower in that decade. Right? Don't remember. Her and Dawn lived in Virginia, Spain, Alabama, and then spent the biggest chunk of their time in Northern California and Wisconsin. She went back to school to get her master's when her youngest was one years old and got a master's in international languages. Her and Dawn were married for 18 years. You want to talk about that? Great marriage. Great family. Loved it. Loved it. Great chapter. But he came out. He was gay been to counseling three times that never came out but finally it did so there was just wasn't much I could do with that he pretty much felt since he was age six so we went our separate ways and that was very hard very hard to lose your family unit so that's all I ever wanted was one family one little house one little white picket fence but did you feel it coming I knew things weren't right for sure yeah they were really the last 10 years just really not normal but he kept saying we're good we're good you're just overly critical there's a little but we kept going to counseling and kept there was like there was an elephant in the room but we could never figure out what it was and then I asked a direct question so it just came to the point where like you kind of had to say it it was a little more traumatic than that but I our last session of counseling I had just finished finals at the university and I basically didn't sleep for 28 Mm. days I didn't know what to do and I was but yeah so then my brother and a friend were like hey come spend the weekend with us and then two men that I were like brothers to me you know well one was my brother and they let me tell my story, which I'd never really talked about my marriage in full detail to a lot of people. And, you know, they said, we love Dawn. We always will. But none of that's normal behavior. And so they're like, we're not going to tell you what to do. And so it was a long road. It was hard. It was very hard because I love my family. Right. Janice, she's been a wellness coach, a flight attendant, a trainer, a fitness instructor, a regional sales manager. She's worked in the auto industry, which is where she met her second husband. Jamie. And she's had a lot more jobs, but those were the big ones. Yeah. She loves gardening, hiking, camping, Mm -hmm. anything outdoors, lifting weights, reading, and she's trying to reteach herself piano, which she learned when she was younger. It's not going well. Oh, that's fun. It's really not going very well. I have no patience. Like, why can't I play it? I used to be able to play that. Oh, isn't that the hardest? <laughs> I feel that. I feel all that. It took 13 years of piano. <laughs> and now I'm like, chopsticks. Jana got married to Jamie in 2015, and they were married for a couple years, got divorced, and then got remarried again in August 2021. Jamie tells that story on his podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been in Columbiana since March of 2022. It's like they've been here their whole lives. <laughs> it does feel like <laughs> but that. It's weird. They're new. They came to the mm, upper room, mm. found us online looking for yep. non-denominational churches. They've jumped in and they're involved in classes and Janet's in the Shine group. And we're just happy to have you here today and share your story with mm, us. Thank you. I think this is our first interview that we've had where we have a convert from a different faith. So tell us, Jana, who or what turned your light on? When my parents divorced, I was 15. 
oldest of five, so very much felt like that responsibility of having it all together, being strong for the because my mom was just checked out as she, you know, trying to provide and all the changes and everything. She was very traumatized by the events of that and how it happened and why. And actually, I felt like a spouse a lot of times to her counseling finances and the kids and about six months after the divorce my best friend who I'd known since birth got really really mad at me she's like why haven't you even cried why are you not even upset everybody else is upset and I mean she just came at me and it kind of sent me into a period of deep reflection for as deep as you can be at age 15 (laughs) and this one night I started praying and I said I'm not getting up till I know you're real my whole life I've been reading the scriptures and believed in God and walked you know felt like I felt good things in my heart when I was at church and different things but I just didn't have that personal God you're there for me and I was like I'm not getting up I honestly don't know how long it was a long time and I in the middle of the night just crying like I'm done I just felt like I couldn't handle everything I mean I just laid it all out I was just like God take either take me or show me that you're real where I, I was at, like in my little 15-year-old mind. And so he, you know, there wasn't any trumpets or angels or anything, but it just was this intense, intimate feeling of warmth, but so real that I knew he knew that I knew. And that experience really, I think, has made me very fearless in my life because it imprinted so deeply on my soul that I knew I would die for that. I would do anything. That knowledge, it's there. Will I ever have that type of experience again? I don't know, but it just, it dramatically changed my life for me. And so I knew after that too, that I wanted to go on a mission because that was part of our church and that I was going to follow the standards of our church. And I was voted most likely to get drunk on root beer in my high school because everybody knew I was Mormon and I was good Mormon, you know, and I, even though a lot of people thought I was weird, whatever, because I didn't do all the things that everybody, you know, party and do all that stuff. But I, I think I kind of relished the uniqueness. Like it helped make me who I am. That for me, and then the scriptures, Philippians, about I can do all things in Christ, that became my motto after that for getting through life and everything though. So yeah, he just, he does what, what he does, shows love to the point where you just can't deny it. It's been amazing. That was the first most powerful turning point. So, what was it like to go from being a Mormon to practicing the Christian faith? Scary. Can you talk to us, walk us through that process? So I continued to raise my kids after the divorce with my first husband because to me, religious education was like a school education. It had to happen. (laughs) He did not support me through that. So it got really difficult because we were 50-50, you know, sharing kids and stuff. But I had always felt like a square peg in a round hole. Like I won't say anything negative because it really has made me a lot of the good things I am. And there's a lot of phenomenal things about that culture and that, you know, that organization. But I just never spiritually felt like I was home, if that makes sense. There was good things and I would feel the spirit and there was good and it kept me going. And But I, I was definitely on a journey. And so I had this crazy harebrained idea finally to leave Wisconsin. <laughs> it was a small town, 14,000 where we were. And it was just, and my two younger girls who were still at home were like, let's go. So I was like, we're moving to Scottsdale. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an apartment. They were at their dad's. I literally packed everything up. My mom followed me down in her car, found a job, found a thing in 24 hours. Like it was all miraculous, right? And that first year there, there's a seminary program that they participate in every morning before high school. The kids go to church for an hour. And my daughter was struggling. She was crying every day I was taking her because they were talking about homosexuality and all that. And they love their dad. And I always encourage them to love their dad. And so she's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop going to church, mom. I can't do 
do this. And so when they left the summer for their dads, I said, okay, uh, I'm going to find three churches and we're going to go when you get back from your dads and whichever church we all agree on, that's the one we're going to go to, but we're not, not stopping going to church. Of course, I really didn't tell my family because they're all so warm, but I'm like, I have to keep my kids going to church. To me, that was survival, right? So that was just me coping at the best I could as a single mom and doing everything. So when we came back, we went to Scottsdale Bible. They really liked the music. And that's kind of what just started us, started me on a journey outside of the church. I did not like Sundays at Scottsdale Bible because the music was so loud and the lights and the guitar and the, we don't, you know, we're the opposite. And so it took years for me to even enjoy worship, which now I love worship. So it was so long. It was uncomfortable. It was scary. And my family, we're not the same. What's it's, the it's biggest not the difference same. between that? Because I, I'm not really familiar with the Mormon faith, but I would imagine the thing that separates most things from Christians is that Jesus Christ is fully man and fully God and that he died on the cross for our sins and he's the Messiah and our Savior. Is that different from what you learned? No, they consider themselves Christian. But theologically, it depends on who you talk to and how it's delivered. And they have additional scripture as well. Here's the biggest difference for me is that I finally comprehended grace. That was taught to me. You know, the atonement and all that was taught. But culturally, it definitely was works. Like you earned. That's how I always felt. And that was my thing is I never felt like I was enough before God. I felt like I was constantly. So I would have five callings and do all the, and it was exhausting. And it just felt defeating. I knew how I felt when God, I've had those moments with him and it was love and it was acceptance and it was encouragement and it was strength and it was power. But then how I'd feel in everything else was just like, I was never enough. I just was never enough. And so finally, you know, had some life groups and things and just, I just spiritually, emotionally in my soul comprehended grace. And it was so liberating. It was like somebody cut the chains off and I just, want to run around screaming, telling people like it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating. So once again, it's not that there was bad for me in my journey. This is where I, I can be me. I can express myself because it never felt right to just not clap and sit. Because I'm like, if Christ were sitting there in front of me, I would not be sitting in my chair, not clapping, just listening quietly with my nylons and my, do you know what I'm saying? I would be rushing up crying. Like, I don't know, but it would not be sitting still. It's an energy thing too. Like this just filled that for me, just all of it. It's just, I can, I just feel free to be me. How did your life change once you discovered and realized what grace actually was? Just a deeper peace. I felt like I had some peace. The day I was excommunicated, I was told I'd be, my kids would be there was just this horrible, and these were friends of mine telling me this in the church court, you know, people I've known for years, but it was just all doom and gloom, right? Like negative. And I walked out of that church and I felt like, oh my gosh, 500 pounds. And I thought it was just me maybe rationalizing. So I literally for the next six months was like taking temperature check. How do you feel? How do you feel? Was that not real? Being excommunicated because I had the spirit taken away. My baptism was erased, like the gift of the spirit. Everything was gone, you know, and you're basically told you have nothing. You know, and so I didn't in my heart believe that. And I think that's why when I walked out of there, I just felt so eerily peaceful. That's literally walking to my car. I was like, oh, this feels really good. And it's so hard for me to articulate, but I've never looked back. I don't have any regrets. This is the journey I needed to take to 
continue growing in Christ and just, I feel like I'm a better disciple. I feel like I'm just happier, more peaceful, more joyful. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like the the handcuffs were cut off, but it's scary. I mean, and there's, there's loss. I don't have a lot of the relationships. Don's whole side of the family, I have not had any, I mean, so there's been a lot of loss with that. And so it's not to say that it doesn't, it's not easy, but very worth it. And what I say now is that God's going to give me my family kids, grandkids, and it may not be through my blood. And I've spent years crying over that and I'm done crying. (laughs) I'm going to celebrate because he's promised me that. I have a mother heart, a grandmother heart, like however that's going to be in my life, he will do that. But it may not be through people that I, you know, are my siblings or I don't know. So I just have to trust him in that and focus on the good. How old were your kids when that happened? Or was it just the two younger? No, they all knew about it. Oh. Like you switched churches yep. with. Like my oldest went on a mission as well in the LDS church. So they knew my journey. I was open with No, them. but I'm I saying mean, like, are some oh, of them still practicing? Some or? of them continued and now none of them. They've all left. So they're, they're all spiritual. I don't think any one of them is going to a church right now. We always had people in our home. We were feeding, housing, like it was never just our home. They know service is such a part of a community, a gathering, however you want to call it, is so essential to your growth. Because living on an island and being yourself, you're not forced to grow and deal with people and emotions and issues. And I mean, that's where the growth comes from. And, you know, even in marriage, like as much as I was like, I'm not getting married again. God put it on my heart. He's like, you're not going to be who I want you to be if you're not married. And I fought it for years. You heard Jamie. He's like, she didn't want to get married. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But I need that because I can be a very strong person, (laughs) you know, very strong-willed. That reminds me, I've been sending around this podcast from a guy named Kevin Tipp, and he is a guest speaker on the Upper Room Dallas podcast. He's sharing on a Sunday morning, but the title of it is Biblical Hospitality. And he shares his story and talks about just what you're talking about. So if you're interested, please find this podcast. It is phenomenal. Kevin Tipp, what was the name of it? Kevin Tipp. It's Biblical Hospitality from the Upper Room Dallas podcast. But the idea that Jesus causes us growth and depth and he's doing it with people in community, in relationship. Like, I love that statement you just said, like on an island, and we're not talking literal island, but if you're isolating yourself, sometimes we don't understand how much we need people. Well, they're God's messengers most of the time as other people. Because we think we're full of character when we're by ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where, I mean, that's where we're tested. That's where the rubber hits the road. Oh my gosh, it's not always fun, but man, you do grow. I love that. Yeah. So Jana, tell us what lights you up? A lot. I get excited about a lot of things. God's, he's put some, some things I need to do in the next few years, decades. I don't know. I figure I want to be around 120, but I want to be healthy 120. So if I can make wow. that happen, then I have all the time in the world to do what he's put on me. Yeah. So you know, I'd love to go on a mission trip with my husband. That would be amazing. Spanish speaking. I definitely want to go Spanish speaking in some place where like he can help build something or because that would just be his thing. And yeah, so that's a dream for sure. I don't know. I have a lot that God's put on my heart, I, but we're at this point right now, and it's just waiting for him <laughs> to well, direct. Talk, and... to, talk to us about that, because you guys moved here from Wisconsin yeah. to Columbiana, Ohio. Jamie got the accent down. <laughs> I said, I refuse to change Columbiana. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I will never. 
That's so funny. <laughs> She's renaming us. <laughs> so you came from Wisconsin for a job with Jamie, had a job in the mm-hmm. car industry. Yep. Things look different than when you came before, but you guys feel like you're supposed to be here. Yeah. You're and in we this haven't very new nothing. season. Well, we haven't been told anything different, so we're sticking to it. It's just a crazy time. Like, there's so many jobs out there, but, like, nobody's in a hurry. You don't even hear back, and then when you do, they'll set up a time in a week or two to do the first interview, and then they have to have a review board, and then it has to be posted for 36 hours. I mean, you're just like, okay, all this stuff you hear about how desperate people are for workers are like, hello, <laughs> we're able-bodied, you know, it's good skill. But God's probably doing what he does, the puzzle maker, puzzle piece, it's behind the put scenes. her together. So he's probably doing what he needs to do, and we just have to hang tight. That's so great that you guys can do that with peace. For the most part, but like today was a rough day. I'm not going to lie. So I asked for prayer in our class because I'm like, you know, I was feeling a little untethered and I Mm. don't usually, but part of that is as a new wife, I take that very seriously. I didn't ever have a healthy model of a marital really, and neither did Jamie, you know, especially with God at the center, like on a daily basis between them. So we're in a new frontier and that's been my main focus for the last year is just really trying to deepen our roots. But we're constantly evolving, you know, so what worked even a year ago, like it's different now in a good way. And Jamie's, the thing he got right away when this happened was, this is a time of rest and preparation. That's Mm -hmm. what he got from God. And that's hard for us because we're both doers, goers, and it's like when you're not doing, you have to separate. My worth is not attached to my job. My worth is not attached to a role or a title. And so it's, it's been good that God's really... He's been speaking to us, and we've been doing a lot of reading and studying, which is great. We just have to just have to keep going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it'll That's be exciting. Really I mean, part wild. of me is excited, like, to see what God does, because he always does way amazing things. But it's different here, because we don't have, like, I had 10 years in Hudson. I could knock on five doors and have a job. You know what I mean? And the same thing with him in Arizona. Like, he'd been there 20, 30 years. So this is what God wants. We shall persevere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot to walk through and handle at the same time when... Well, both of us. That's the thing. We've had periods where one has been unemployed and the other, but like when you have both, I mean, thank goodness we don't have kids at home. You know, that would be even more stressful, but... But when you're learning a physical lesson, like you're waiting for a job, but at the same time walking through that, but also learning spiritual lessons, like you're saying, I am not my job, having all of that together and processing that. Well, we had that before. We both had our wilderness period when we... We weren't together, and that's what God, he was preparing us probably for this. So we both had a heavy wilderness. It was necessary. (laughs) And I'm sure there's more to come, but (laughs) I got through that one. (laughs) God's very specific in how he does and lays things out. So in this season of your life, which is a very new season, how are you letting your light shine? You know, I don't think I have like a specific plan, you know, and little things like, you know, our block party. We do. We love people and we love being around people. And I've always, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a church like we'll have moved from Virginia to California. And the first time I walked into my California church, this lady, she had just met me. She pulls me aside. She literally told me things she hadn't told any other living. I don't know. People, people just tell me their pour stuff. Their guts like, out to you. It's been, you know, God kind of makes it easy that way. I know he's calling me into more. <laughs> and so like what we're doing and hearing God's voice has been really great. Jeremy's made it very practical and very pragmatic, like hands on. And so I'm good for praying for people, but not necessarily right in that instant, in that moment. And that's probably things that God wants to have happen. And he's told me some other things he wants me to do. So he's, he's mindful. He brings us along. 
I sometimes I know I fight him because <laughs> I'm like, don't feel like I'm ready or, but he always knows what's right at the right moment. So I think for us, it's just really been the people around us, our neighborhood and just our community. That's probably yeah. the biggest, I think, what's a good word for it? Disappointment maybe is a good word. Just not being where we were at with that job because we were so involved with the community and we feel like we're called into that. So I don't know how that's going to happen now, but you know, I hope it does. So and our families need a lot of prayer. So we're still very much involved with our families, you know, and they're all far away, but they're a big part of our daily worship and prayer and on Sundays too. Because, you know, God didn't wait for Saul. I mean, he, he'll go in and take people when he needs to. So we're like, we declare that, you know, we're like, they may not be ready, but pray that they seek you or that you find them, God, yeah. where they're at. So we believe in that. And I think Jamie, you know, on the podcast would have said this, but I feel like you let your light shine with him. And I mean, we mm-hmm. do that in marriage. He said so often how you have been an impetus in his life for change and growth and Well, I think God blessed me very early with him to see who who he is. I've been around a lot of prophets, sons, and elders, you know, people that have three generations of church, you know, like very spiritual leader. But Jamie is, is honestly the only man that I personally know that seeks after God in such a genuine, authentic, and his heart has always been there. Now his behavior, but I've watched the fight. You know, he's wrestled with God. I mean, he has wrestled with God. But I have such respect for the journey and the desire and the fight. And when you just meet somebody who is there and doesn't ever want to stop learning, that's my whole life. I've dreamed that's, it's, I know that's why I fell in love with him. And he's, he's the one. So it's a great journey to be on with somebody like that because we're never done. We're never bored. Always talk or, ha- you know, we both want to learn, you know. And yeah. so he brings things he's thinking about and I bring things I'm thinking about and it just escalates. So, yeah. Well, you've been an example to him even if you're in a new place and you don't feel like there's a ton of new people to pour into yet like you can see just how you but God started with me at 15 you know Jamie you know not till 30 like do you know what I mean God put me at a young age with a lot of stuff you know my mission year and a half of serving other people working for the Lord for 18 months Mm -hmm. like with people that have nothing holes in their walls no running water no electricity and they are the happiest people you've ever met and they'll give you their last piece of bread. I mean, so he put experience after experience in my life to like show me, you know, that there was more than worrying about money and cars and big homes or whatever. Like it was more than that. But Jamie's wanted it. He just wasn't given an environment at all. And like he said, I mean, he was pretty real in his like, I was angry. I'm like, why aren't you angry? I was like, I had to work through. I felt like I was working through his stuff more than he was, you know? I was like, but I'm a mother at heart. So thinking of nine-year-old Jamie and a lot of, I was like, infuriating. But God has a plan. He can reach people that I can't because I followed all the rules. I was a complete, my dad would draw a line in the sand when I was two and I would stand there forever and not move. He's like, no two-year-old does that. But with that comes struggles too. Like you have a lot of pride, a lot of, so God's had to, Mm. he's humbled me in a Mm. lot of ways. Who is God for you in this season right now? You know, we laugh a lot together. (laughs) Is that weird? No. Like he laughs at me. I think I'm just ridiculous sometimes. I tend to overthink things and he just like keeps me simple. You know, will you stop? Like, it's all good. Look at that bird. How cool is that bird? So God's just, he's always been, like I said, he's really made me very fearless in my life to the point of like, people do think I'm crazy. A lot of things I've done. 
So I think now he's more of a, maybe I don't need to warrior as much. Maybe I need to just settle in and with my husband have those things that I thought I would never have. True love, just a lot of things. Like he's like, it's time. <laughs> you don't have to have your shield and sword out all the time. Just relax and enjoy. So I think he's showing me how to rest in him and do that. It's not easy for achievers right, and I, doers. I think like you him. are very similar to the people interviewing. <laughs> Viewing you today of Sounds rest like and someone I know. It's <laughs> not an easy thing, but how are you doing with that? It's cool. It's actually I feel like I'm learning things and seeing things in a different way. Like we've been studying how the Bible was constructed. I've been checking out. I'm a nerd. I love the library. I'm You're a, a learner. Oh yeah. And I've studied all that before, but it was probably 20, 30 years. And I haven't studied it with Jamie though. So it's been cool to just see I'm not acquiring knowledge to prove things anymore. Does that make sense? It's knowledge for the spirit's sake. I don't know. I don't have a purpose for it. Does that make sense? I don't have to teach my children. They're not in the house anymore. I don't have to go teach a Sunday school class or a sermon. Like I always had a purpose for my learning and my knowledge. And now I'm just learning. There's no agenda. It's just genuinely, what do you want to learn about? Which I've never, I guess, really had that time or experience. Or so. I just I love know. the attitude that you guys do it in though. Whatever type of learning it is, if it's exciting, you're excited. If it's a little boring, you're excited. <laughs> if it's tedious, you're excited. Jamie was saying, you know, we're reading, we've read Deuteron through Deuteronomy. <laughs> you know, he was, said something about looking forward to it. And I just appreciate that you go into, no matter what the content. You know, yes. there's this cool thing, like, so I'll usually read first and then he'll read second. I kind of zone out pretty quick. <laughs> but here's why. His voice is so soothing. My mom did most of the spiritual, like, raising of us and stuff. You know what I mean? Taught most of the lessons and stuff that we did in family and time or whatever. And I don't know. There's just something so soothing about a man's voice reading scripture. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's soothing. I mean, I've always believed that. You open the Bible and it's like a conduit to heaven. So you're inviting heaven into mm -hmm. your home. It's very calming. And when we do get rattled, and we got rattled today, it was like, you know, we haven't read. We need to go read. And we do. We sit down and it totally changes from anxiety and stress and in your head and trying to figure everything out. You know, why isn't it turning out like we think it should? So I think he's taken us out of results culture and just allowing us to like kind of hippie it. <laughs> Let's go with the flow. Good. Probably what we need for the next season. Okay, tell me, you kind of shared one already where you were 15. God shows up. Are there any other supernatural stories that you'd like to share with us or? Yeah, I mean, I think my mission for sure, just, you know, people that had no food, no money, they'd go to their Bible, they'd find them. I felt like every day in that 18 months, God was showing up for people in different places and didn't, not just Mormons, you know, it was yeah. people in the taxi or whatever. Like, and I just remember thinking there's so much more to life than just thinking I had to go to school and get my degree and start, you know, all those things. You know, just seeing him do that so often. And then it was hard to come back. It was very hard to come back to real America. I cried. I actually, I thought I was having a heart attack because I cried so hard on the plane. Like my, physically, my chest was hurting. I was a mess. But there's, God has, he wants us all to serve him, you know, and be missionaries for him, disciples and different ways. But you just have to find how to do it. So I think probably the next big thing, the most recent was when Jamie and I were apart and I was in Phoenix and COVID just started. Everything was shut down. 
my car broke down, so I didn't even have a car. I was in this ghetto neighbor. It was horrible. It was a horrible time. This is my wilderness time. And I was completely alone. And I was like, well, I can hike. That's all I, because I could walk to the mountain. It was free, walk up the mountain. So I started hiking like four or five times a week. Yeah, I'd get on top of the, this mountain. That's where God peeled. He stripped me down. Like he was, okay, Jana, you're on this mountain. And he's like, and you're you're naked. Like I wasn't literally naked. Yeah. Somebody asked me that when I saw this. <laughs> I wasn't. But he's like, you're not a mom. You're not a daughter. You don't have a master's degree. You didn't weren't raised in America. You don't have any. He's like, are you okay with that? With you? Are you okay with you? He was like, I love you. I love all that. And but I don't need all that other stuff. Like I'd get up there, but then it was like he would just be like, You're nothing. But not nothing in the sense of not worthy, but nothing in the sense of I just have to be okay with me, with nothing. Yeah. Not a job, not all that. Like I have to be in front of him. And it was, he was like, the only thing that I care about is how you love. Like, I'm not going to ask you where you lived, what you did, who, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say, how did you love? How'd you love your husband? How'd you love your kids? How'd you love your neighbor? How'd you love the bus driver? How'd you love the janitor at the restaurant? How did you love? He's like, I don't care about anything else. It's easy to talk about, but to actually be okay with nothing is not, you know, it wasn't, it was... It was a long few months, <laughs> but all that mountain hiking, that's in great shape. <laughs> I'd love to do that again. But he met me on that mountain a lot. It was scary, but I guess that's what I needed. I probably couldn't have taken Jamie and done all the, everything that we did the way we did it so quickly, so completely clean slate. That was a God thing. And I probably couldn't have done that without the total stripping down of all the things I had placed worth and value. Even then, even though I knew since young that Christ was the only thing that mattered, but you still live your life. And so that incongruency, like he was, and I, I'm sure I still have a lot. I know I have more that he's going <laughs> to continue. It's not quite done. <laughs> but, you know, it helped a lot because everything else is great. <laughs> you know, have so. you changed the way you've thought about yourself since then? Yeah, I How? love myself. I allow myself all human emotions, which I realized for 45, 50 years, I didn't, it was not okay for me to feel anger or sadness or anxious. That was not a part. So I'll say that now. I'm feeling anxious. I'll say that to my husband. So I allow myself to feel all emotions. And I allow myself to sit in them. I don't have a time limit. Like, you're, you can't. No, you need to be happy. And you need to be la la. Like, I don't do that anymore. I allow myself that. And I allow others. Because God made us that way. He didn't say you can only feel happiness and peace. You know, he gave us all human emotions. Christ felt them all. Christ was angry. Not a lot, but <laughs> at least that's <laughs> recorded. But, you know, yeah, I allow myself to be human. And I don't, I don't try to figure it all out anymore. I stopped. And it's a much more joyful. I have a tendency to do that. So I still have to, and that's where the tethering comes in because he'll have to slap me around sometimes. He'll be like, stop, because <laughs> I'm a planner. Go to Matthew. Do not worry over and over as you look at the birds. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on our show and sharing your story with yes, us. We're, that was awesome. If you haven't thank met you. Jana or her husband, Jamie, yet, they're the tall ones in the middle, <laughs> front middle, <laughs> since we all have assigned seats. <laughs> no, really, we don't. But introduce yourselves to them. They yes. would love to meet you, and you would be blessed to meet them. Yeah. It was fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, tell all those naysayers. I know. You can do it. Do the podcast. (laughs) Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.